Enlightenment Radio, Rupo Vsomu Svidu. Zed Vami 24 Godini Musiki, Prami Translasi Tarmishtasni Pied Devisan Harista Pied Kas Mishtagnoi Podrozi, Tokakom. Enlightenment Radio, we're on at the same time, 6 o'clock your time and uh, 11 o'clock our time here in the USA. We're under great weather. My host, uh, my co-host is going to look up your temperature here in a minute. By the way, I got that breaking story last night. I was watching the news and it broke out about midnight our time that Russia, the snake, has been cut in half, cut in half. This is a big, big story, and we're about to play it. It's 28 degrees where you are, so warm up with this news. This is, this is, when you cut the snake in half, we're about ready to cut the head off. You got it? This is big. We blew up, I say we, I'm on your side. We blew up their ammunition, the largest ammunition depot they have. They don't have any way to get their weapons and ammo. Breaking news. Okay. The war between Russia and Ukraine is about to decamp for a year now. After the Russian forces captured the city of Solidar, they moved to capture the city of Bamut as well. The Russian forces on the Bamut front, where the war is intense, are having a difficult time. The Ukrainian army amazed the whole world by showing great resistance against Russia at the first beginning of the war. However, the Ukrainian army has become the attacking side, not the defending one anymore. The Ukrainian army continues to make history in the operations it carries out. The Russian army has lost the vast majority of its shipping routes on Ukrainian territory. The Ukrainian army continues to strike major blows against the occupying Russian forces with the operations it has launched in the Donetsk and Zaporizhia regions. With Russia increasing its attacks, the violence of the conflicts in these regions has grown considerably. Ukrainian forces, repelling the attacks of the occupying Russian forces, are on the offensive, forcing the Russian army to retreat. Ukrainian government officials announced that the embattled Russian army carried out attacks on 12 residential areas, and these attacks were successfully prevented. The Russian army has been targeting these areas for a long time, trying to repel the Ukrainian troops here. However, the lack of troops and ammunition of the Russian army leads to the failure of attacks by Russian forces. The Ukrainian army, which wanted to take advantage of this situation, organized a large-scale operation in the city of Kirovsky located in the Donetsk region. The air defense systems that Russian leader Putin boasted about so much failed to prevent these air operations of the Ukrainian army. 
it was announced that most of the occupying Russian soldiers in the region lost their lives with the air operations launched by the Ukrainian army. In addition, according to allegations, high-ranking Russian commanders in the region also lost their lives. The airstrikes on the town of Kirovsky could be heard from miles away. Ukrainian army commanders stated that they had been preparing for this attack for a long time. The Ukrainian military has deployed the HIMARS missile systems provided by the United States to Ukraine in areas close to the city of Kirovska. Realizing that the right time had come, Ukrainian soldiers, together with the orders of their commanders, began carrying out airstrikes on Russian troops stationed in the city of Kirovska. HIMARS missiles, which successfully hit their target, successfully hit the headquarters where Russian soldiers were located in the region. With the effect of the explosion, the ammunition depot at the headquarters blew up. With the explosion of the ammunition depot, flames rose meters high into the sky. Russian government officials have not made any statements about this air operation of the Ukrainian army. But according to estimates, the vast majority of the soldiers stationed at the headquarters lost their lives. Another region where the war continues intensively is the Zaporizhia region. Due to its proximity to the Crimean Peninsula, Zaporizhia, one of the first places occupied by the occupying Russian troops, has been under Russian occupation for a long time. Putin, who invaded the Crimean Peninsula in 2014, attaches great importance to his presence in Zaporizhia in order not to lose Crimea due to this war. If the sovereignty of Zaporizhia were in the hands of Ukraine, the Ukrainian army could easily organize operations to the Crimean Peninsula from here. The Ukrainian army, aware of this, has increased its attacks in the Zaporizhia region. The Ukrainian forces managed to destroy the Russian ammunition and equipment warehouses located in Zaporizhia with the organized air operation. It is claimed that tons of Russian ammunition were destroyed by this airstrike of the Ukrainian army. The Zaporizhia region is one of the most important regions of the Russian forces due to its proximity to the Crimean Peninsula. As the war drags on, the Ukrainian army is increasing its attacks. The Ukrainian army is simultaneously conducting air operations in many occupied territories. Ukraine is using its military technology to the fullest extent in order not to cause more military casualties. Thanks to the missile systems and unmanned combat aircraft owned by the Ukrainian army, major damages are being inflicted on the occupying Russian forces without any Ukrainian soldiers being harmed. The Russian forces in the Bryansk region suffered great losses with the operation organized by the Ukrainian Air Force. The main goal of Ukraine is to destroy the ammunition depots held by the Russian army on Ukrainian territory. Thus, the Ukrainian army, aware that the Russian forces would be left without ammunition and defenseless, targeted the Russian ammunition depot in Bryansk. The images of the Ukrainian army's air operation in the Bryansk region were reflected on security cameras. We can see in the images that there was a big explosion when the missiles sent by the Ukrainian forces hit the ammunition depot. Citizens living in surrounding cities said that the sound of explosions and flames could be seen even from a distance of kilometers. The attacks carried out by the Ukrainian army with HIMARS missiles caused the occupying Russian troops to suffer great losses. Putin, who is having trouble finding soldiers for the Russian army, may have to withdraw completely from Ukrainian territory when he also starts having problems with ammunition. War analysts say that the Russian army has lost close to 70% of the territories it occupied on Ukrainian territory. Russian leader Putin promised that he would invade Ukrainian territory within a few days 
and that no Russian troops would be harmed, but things did not go as planned. Putin, who began invading Ukrainian territory on February 24th, could not have predicted that the Ukrainian army would respond with such resistance. As the war dragged on, European and NATO member states also provided assistance, such as military equipment, ammunition, weapons, tanks, and armored vehicles in support of the Ukrainian army. The Ukrainian army, which has become even stronger after these aids, has now become ready for the offensive. Realizing that the Russian army could no longer resist on Ukrainian territory, Putin began to get uglier. Russian soldiers on the territory of Ukraine have now begun to loot in the occupied areas and damage residential areas. The Russian military is trying to ensure that Ukraine suffers material damage by launching missile attacks on empty buildings in the regions it occupies. Russian soldiers, on the other hand, broke into abandoned houses in the regions they captured, stole the belongings of Ukrainian citizens, and began to sell these items in Russia. As the war escalated, Putin began not to be afraid of committing war crimes in Ukraine. Ukrainian leader Volodymyr Zelensky, on the other hand, took this situation to the international courts with his evidence. Zelensky has sued Putin in international courts many times. The aggressive policy pursued by Putin in Ukraine has mobilized many state leaders. Many countries, especially Western countries, have decided to impose sanctions and embargoes against Russia. Many giant companies have withdrawn from Russia and closed their factories and enterprises here. Not only that, European countries have started to impose sanctions on Russian oligarchs who work together with Russian President Vladimir Putin. The assets of many Russian oligarchs in Europe were confiscated. France and Italy, especially the United States, have dealt a major blow to Putin's supporters by confiscating the property of Russian oligarchs who have assets in their country. The U.S. Department of Treasury and Finance stated that $30 billion of goods and funds belonging to Russian oligarchs were frozen, citing Russia's invasion of Ukraine as the reason. He also noted that the luxury yachts, boats, and real estate of these Russian oligarchs were confiscated. Italy, on the other hand, announced that two Russian oligarchs have confiscated their real estate in the town of Sirmione and the capital Rome. It was stated that the total value of these confiscated assets... Okay, so you got the main crux of the story. That ammunition dump... Let's call it a dump. That was their main supply of all of their ammunition and wheat. Did you hear that other statement that Russia, Ukraine, has gone back to retaining 70% of all the gain that Russia had taken? 70% of what Russia had taken up till now has gone back to the Ukraine. They've taken over it. Putin just lost his ammunition depot and 70% of the gains he'd already made. What gains? His army is stuck. They're retreating. They don't want to fight. And now when they hear they've got no ammunition, <laughs> Putin, I saw across the wire last night, but they had it on the wire that he threatened to use a nuclear weapon because he's so upset, and it went off the wire. I couldn't catch it. So... That ain't going to happen. They'll fire his missiles out of the air before they even hit the frickin' 100 feet in the air. They know, they, they've got him in their sight. Trust me. There's nuclear subs surrounding him, American nuclear subs. They can shoot missiles out of the air in a second. 
So don't be afraid of those. Now, we got a report here. I'm going to play this uh, other report on the uh, while we're on the focusing on the ammo d- dump. Let's uh, listen to this three minute specifically what happened. Okay, here we go. To have hit yet another Russian arms depot, captured on video phones from multiple angles, some distance away, as well as destroyed the city of Kherson in occupied southern Ukraine. Assuming it was an arms depot, as the Ukrainians have said, then this is exactly so. You're gonna. This is the depot before the strike, and this is it after an enormous crater and blast radius. The events of last night are significant in many other ways as well, though. The precision strike is likely to have been the work of American-supplied high-mobility artillery rocket systems, HIMARS. Ukraine are using eight of the systems from the U.S. on the battlefield at the moment, with four more promised. Russian media has offered a different account of the blast, saying a fertilizer storage facility exploded and that civilians died as a result. The attack, though, is being interpreted more widely as a possible preamble for a more focused counteroffensive by the Ukrainians, an effort to take back area in the south taken by the Russians at the very start of the war. The battle for Kherson, assuming it materializes, is seen as one of the greatest tests for the Ukrainians. They'd been robbed by soldiers who admitted that they'd been released from prison by the Russians and sent to fight. Recently, this video emerged, which purports to show Russian prison inmates being recruited to go fight in Ukraine. According to the Ministry of Defense, personnel shortages are forcing the Russians to recruit from inside the country's jails for the Wagner private military company in particular, Russian mercenaries. Beyond the battlefield minutiae, big picture movements today as well. The Kremlin announced that Vladimir Putin will meet with his Turkish and Iranian counterparts in Tehran next week. The trip comes amid concerns in the U.S. that Iran could provide Moscow with military drones here on triumphant display on Iranian television last year. The worry that they could in turn be used to try to disable high-precision weaponry provided by the West. There was very little high precision about the Russian strike on a residential block in Chazavyar in the east of the country at the weekend. The death toll there has now climbed to 45. Interesting. Interesting stories. So anyway, they blew up that ammunition depot, and uh, Putin, you just cut, cut that snake in half. He may still be wiggling. So you're listening to Enlightenment Radio, breaking news, the largest ammunition supply for Russia has been blown up successfully by the Ukrainian army. That's amazing. So we've got one more news story queued up here, and it's uh, analysis, you know, boring analysis (laughs) by two guys from the, this is from the Kiev Post. They're usually pretty good on their analysis. Good morning, Andre. It's great to see you. Good morning, Jason. It's very nice to see you as well. Andre, you're a well-known economist globally, but you've done something different. 
you were a senior policy advisor on economics for Vladimir Putin for a number of years. So you've got to see the guy up close, not just through the newspaper. Tell me, what is he like? Who is Mr. Putin? You're absolutely right, sir. Um, I was almost for six years as um, uh, economic policy advisor to uh, Russian president. What uh, can I tell you? By the way, I do have one more piece of news. It's really big how the uh, this uh, woman was poisoned, the wife of a general, I believe. We'll get to that in a minute. You are, um, just, he's very organized. He is uh, very well prepared. He's not prepared. He, at least in my time, he spent a lot of time. He's calculating, uh, he's evil, out, and he's uh, wicked, and he's the biggest terrorist in the world. The details. Just say it. And uh, usually he's so much uh, prepared to what he's go going to do that he has a number of versions, number of options, number of scenarios. Uh, so and he's um, very good in that stuff. So that is why anybody who is thinking that he's out of touch, he's living in a different century, or he's some kind of sick, or just they're just purely incorrect. Uh, so uh, he's one of the uh, best preparing uh, person to anything that he's going to undertake. So, for example, his war against Georgia... He's well, he wasn't prepared for this. No, he wasn't. Uh, Prime Minister. And I think he's in shock. And are in nine years later. He started to prepare his war against Ukraine, the latest that we can uh, detect in year 2003. And we have the full-fledged uh, war in year 2022, so 19 years later. So that is why uh, that a person not of short-term solution. He is a person of long-term strategy. So you've probably heard the rumors. Some are saying that the U.S. and European leaders are trying to pressure Ukraine to enter into negotiations for peace with Russia. If that were to come to pass, do you think that Vladimir Putin would keep his word? Can he be trusted? Oh, and we, we know that uh, he violated all uh, agreements that either he himself or uh, Russia before him signed with Ukraine. All documents, uh, the bilateral treaty between Russia and Ukraine, the so-called Big or Grand Treaty, uh, the agreement on creation of CIS, Commonwealth of Independent States, uh, the uh, United Nations Charter, the Kelsinki Act, uh, of 1975 for preserving stability, peace, and uh, international borders in Europe. Uh, the Budapest Memorandum of uh, 1994, uh, the special agreement uh, concerning bilateral border uh, between uh, Russia and Ukraine, and so on and so on. So just we don't have any document that he would not violate. So that is why that gives uh, an idea to anyone, uh, just whether to trust or not to trust, not only the oral word, but the written uh, document signed by Mr. Putin. So, Vladimir Putin, why does the West get him wrong? What is it that the West gets wrong about Vladimir Putin? Uh, I would not say all Western people, but many of them, especially those who are <clears throat> taking decisions and um, kind of pursuing policy, uh, they have uh, absolutely uh, uh, kind of wrong uh, understanding of the culture uh, of that person uh, that they probably do not uh, did not meet in their life um, in the Western countries because uh, they are not accustomed to the situation in which 
all rules are violated all the time. Um, Western leaders, certainly to a different uh, extent, are uh, accustomed to some to the rule of law or to some kind of rules or some institutions, something stable and some promises that have been kept uh, by at least leaders of their other countries. So they are not accustomed to the situation which any of these promises, institutions, rules can be violated at any time. So that is why they just purely do not understand their so-called partner or uh, kind of uh, adversary. Well, let's imagine. Let's imagine that tomorrow the West did actually force Ukraine to sit and negotiate peace with Russia, or at least a ceasefire. Uh, and you said that you don't think that Russia would obey by it. What do you think would happen next? How do you think that Putin would treat this uh, behavior from the West? No, we know the, uh, the kind of it was in front of our eyes. So uh, the West forced uh, Ukraine to sit at the table with Russia and to sign Minsk Agreement. Minsk Agreement one, it had been violated by Russia. After that, uh, the West forced Ukraine to sign Minsk Agreement two. It, uh, Ukraine did it, and after that, Putin violated Minsk Agreement two in, on February twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. It is obviously. So what will happen with the Minsk three or Istanbul one or in with any other agreement of such type? <laughs> he will violate, definitely. And moreover, that's uh, a tradition to some extent, especially a such agreement like uh, Minsk or Istanbul that have been prepared. All those agreements uh, uh, have one particular and very clear goal, to weaken Ukraine, to weaken uh, Ukraine's ability to resist to uh, limit uh, Ukraine military forces, just for what? Just to make next attack against Ukraine more successful than the previous ones. So it's absolutely clear without any uh, doubts what is the purpose of such agreements would be on the Putin side. So as an accomplished economist, you've been studying the data about U.S. support for Ukraine. And you've made the argument that the U.S. could be doing far more than what it's already done. And even the data that the U.S. has put out or the numbers that are often cited are incorrect. Tell me about that a little bit. Right. Uh, this is a very painful issue uh, for the United States and for the discussions concerning the U.S. military aid to Ukraine. Uh, because um, uh, United States uh, politicians and experts and uh, kind of commentators uh, prefer to use some fantastic numbers that do not have any relations uh, with, uh, with reality. So um, we need to look into three most important levels of U.S. military aid. The first of all, uh, appropriation by the U.S. Congress. Any military aid that is being going to be provided to Ukraine should be uh, some kind of adopted by the U.S. Congress. The total amount of U.S. military aid for two financial years, year 2002 and year 2003, is 48 billion U.S. dollars. This is a maximum level that can be uh, provided legally uh, from the United States to Ukraine within two uh, fiscal years. Uh, second level is, so it's not hundreds uh, of billion US dollars, some uh, even presidential candidates uh, in the United States are mentioning hundreds or hundreds of billion US dollars. It's far from reality. But the second level is commitment by the uh, executive level, by US administration. So we know now the total commitment of the current administration 
uh, from U.S. military aid to Ukraine is 44.5 billion U.S. dollars. And next, now next third level, the physical delivery of military aid to Ukraine up to date. As of morning of this day, I checked it, uh, the total U.S. military aid physically delivered to the territory of Ukraine from the United States is 20.2 billion U.S. dollars. So that is why this is a total amount that has been physically reached uh, the Ukrainian territory um, since the war is going for more than 20 months. So it's easily to calculate that on average, it is about $1 billion a month. Hmm. But it was uh, in the first 18 months, but now over the last couple of months, it is around 20, uh, 200 million US dollar a month. So it's a, a reduction by 80% compared to the average monthly level in the first 18 months of this war. Just to put in comparison, uh, the uh, United States uh, uh, provided, uh, for example, United Kingdom in the uh, Second World War uh, military aid at the level 40 billion US dollar a month. So it was 40 times more than to Ukraine in this current war. And definitely uh, United Kingdom was much stronger and had much more serious military potential and was able to resist Nazi aggression against uh, United Kingdom uh, much well uh, than uh, Ukraine uh, can do it uh, against Russia since the, um, the ratio of military potential between Russia and Ukraine is much more in favor of Russia uh, uh, in this war compared to the uh, ratio of military potential between Germany and the United Kingdom during the Second World War. So uh, Russia is spending on uh, war against Ukraine about 15 billion US dollars a month. Uh, Ukraine itself uh, spends about 3 billion US dollars a month. Uh, US military aid to Ukraine is 1 billion. In the very best case, all other partners probably it will be an exaggeration, but let's say that it is another $1 billion. So all military expenditure on Ukraine and their partners is $5 billion, US dollars, which is roughly speaking three times less than uh, military expenditure Russia. In all long-term wars, in long uh, wars of attrition, over the last couple of centuries, it's from the Clausewitz military mathematics, it's absolutely clear that uh, such war cannot be won by the side that does not spend at least uh, military, does not have military expenditure, at least on the parity with the adversary. That's a recipe for disaster. If the United States would not change this approach, if the United States with the partners would not change this approach, uh, they are putting a Ukraine in a position of being uh, destroyed by the aggressor. So let's imagine that worst case scenario. Let's imagine that the West were to stop supporting Ukraine and Ukraine were to fall to Moscow, what do you think would happen next? How do you think uh, Putin and the Kremlin would organize their next steps? Well, first of all, uh, Putin definitely, he uh, not once proclaimed his uh, main goal, I suggest, uh, to occupation of Ukraine, as taking full control of Ukraine, but he would not stop there. As soon as he uh, gets uh, Ukraine, something, Moldova will be immediately annexed. It will be in the same operation. It will not take much time. Uh, because it's so easy prey. Uh, Belarus is almost fully occupied and will be annexed at the next stop. And after that, there will be turn off Baltics. Baltics in this situation is not defensible. It is absolutely clear. And based on what we saw, uh, 
what, what kind of position was uh, the current administration and current approach. So just I have serious doubt that anybody would help uh, Baltics in this situation. So we'll have uh, the Russian troops now emboldened by all these military victories, um, substantially enlarged by demographic, economic, industrial, and military potential of the occupied countries. We have much larger, stronger uh, Russian army at the gate of Europe. So today, uh, Russian population is about 145 million, dollar, million people. So, but with all this acquisition, there will be more than 200 million uh, country with uh, twice larger uh, military forces ready to uh, attack Europe. So as somebody who knows Putin, both as a subject as well as a person with whom you worked, how dangerous would you say Vladimir Putin is? The, the most important lessons that should be learned by anyone in the West, certainly in the United States and especially in Europe, that he will move until he will be stopped. That's the main lesson. So if he will not be physically stopped, he will continue to move, to move westwards. Andre, that's fascinating. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I thought his last questions were very, very uh, eye-opening. And because uh, of they're just depending on the United States. I can't believe, where's Germany? Where's France? Where's all these other people? They don't care about the existence of Ukraine because if it takes Ukraine, he's going to take them. He's going to march right through France like, you know what? Poop through a goose, like General Patton used to say, poop through a goose, except he used a different word. Yep, yep, but that ain't going to happen. Ukraine's going to stop this war and end it, and they're going to take back Crimea. You are in tune to Enlightenment Radio, home of the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. Be sure and visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening.
Okay, this is uh, Mystic Guide back with you. Yeah, so um, I just found this out uh, two days ago, this story. Um, somebody's wife got poisoned. We're going to find out who. This is Anya with the Kiev uh, Post. She's a good uh, interviewer. Let's see what happens. On Tuesday, it was announced that the wife of Ukraine's military intelligence chief was in hospital after being poisoned. Ukrainian believes Russia was behind the apparent assassination attempt. Okay, so it was a Ukrainian. The 30-year-old wife, Big Budanov. Russian state media has already come up with its own bizarre explanation for what happened. We know who did it. I'm Anya Kurzan, a journalist at Kiev Post. Subscribe to our channel for regular updates, exclusive interviews, and more explainers. Mariana Budanova has lived with her husband in his office since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion for security purposes. A Ukrainian official has said the poisoning was carried out using heavy metals, arsenic and mercury. Babel reported that the substances found in her body are not used for household or military purposes. Budanova's condition deteriorated over some time, so it is believed her food was laced with non-lethal amounts of poison that built up in her system. Budanova is being treated in hospital, but she is not thought to be in life-threatening condition. A source in Ukraine's defense intelligence guru told Kiev Post, she went to the doctor on time. If it had been a week later, the consequences would be more severe. According to officials, several other guru employees were also affected, including heads of individual departments who are responsible for operations against Russia. Guru spokesperson Andriy Yusuf confirmed to AFP that traces of heavy metals had been found in other employees, but declined to say how many. Their identities and conditions are also not currently known. According to reports, Budanov himself has not been affected. So, who was behind the attack? Yusuf said Ukrainian investigators are currently working on a main hypothesis that Russia was involved in the poisoning. Kiev has said they have prevented more than 10 assassination attempts against Budanov. Budanov's influential military intelligence unit is considered responsible for several sabotage attacks against Russia that have taken place behind the front lines. Moscow has accused Gore of being behind the October 2022 explosions on the Kerch Bridge, which links Russia to their next Crimean Peninsula. According to the former Gore chief, Lieutenant General Valery Kondratyuk, what we're seeing today is Putin's personal revenge for the humiliations he received as a result of the actions of the GUR under the leadership of Kirill Budanov. Kondratyuk said these include not only drone attacks on the Kremlin, successful raids of the Ardeka on the territory of the Belgorod region, but also attempts to set Crimea on fire. He added, Putin never forgives such things. And what has Russia said? Russian state media channels have reported on the poisoning with undisguised glee. One talk show even invited Andrei Lugavoy, a man best known for his role in the poisoning of Alexander Litvinenko in the UK in 2006. While they claimed Russia could not have been involved in the poisoning of Budanova, host Olga Skabeyeva smirked as she asked Lugavoy to describe how it could have happened theoretically. She added, was something slipped in her tea and she drank it? Litvinenko died after radioactive poison was slipped into his tea. Russia has been accused of multiple poisoning attacks before, although the Kremlin has firmly denied the charges. In 2018, former Russian military intelligence officer Sergei Skripal 
was poisoned along with his daughter in the UK. And in another segment of the Russian news show, a guest even suggested Budanov is either gay or just has a bipolar disorder and that he poisoned his own wife. Why? It gets rid of an unloved wife and it is an excellent propaganda that can be used in any situation, he said. And on Wednesday morning, the Kremlin dismissed accusations it was behind the attack. Spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said, Ukraine blames Russia for everything. In my opinion, Ukraine even blames Russia for its own existence. That's it for today. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment, and I'll see you Well, that's about the stupidest excuse and lamest excuse. We know that Vladimir Putin wanted that guy's wife out of the way. I don't know. Because he's a strategic, he has a lot of strategic uh, battle wins and uh, threats against Russia. There's something happening here. We don't know what it is. Something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance From behind Every time we stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down is fading
listening to is coming from enlightenment radio sound waves that lift your consciousness enhance your mood and transcends time and space visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one famous song back in the 70s when Vangelis first started his uh, musician career one of the fantastic most most he was the best best composer of all time as far as I'm concerned and he died two years ago that's a ham it was a wine commercial that came on TV and it showed uh, the grapes and the people in Italy and the wine but that song was just so beautiful so we've got one more story here that I found, and now i got to find it again. Hold on. Anyway, I'm going to look for this story, and I'll play another station ID. <laughs> the Spice. you are listening to is coming from enlightenment radio sound waves that lift your consciousness enhance your mood and transcends time and space visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one
Okay, apparently what we have here is a cinematic soundtrack with a lot of guns in the background. <laughs> it's supposed to be uh, Ukraine repels Russian assault in Slo Slovenia. Putin's major general killed and Kiev hits arms depot. So let's listen to some cinematic music with some guns in the background. Why not? Окупанти вже дуже добре відчули, що таке сучасна артилерія. І у них не буде безпечного тилу ніде на нашій землі, яку вони окупували. Вони відчули, що операції наших розвідників для захисту своєї батьківщини на порядку сильніші, ніж будь-які їхні спецоперації. Російські солдати, і ми це знаємо з перехоплень їхніх розмов, відверто бояться наших збройних сил. Україна стала асоційованим членом спеціальної багатосторонньої програми НАТО щодо технологічної взаємосумісності. Якщо сказати простіше, це про стандарти Альянсу. Україна тепер не лише впроваджує у себе стандарти НАТО, а може брати участь у розробці нових стандартів. Calling on the other side of the wind, so we 
keep on walking, though it tears through our skin. Feeling like a warrior that's not afraid to bleed. The fight inside's in all of us, so we won't concede. You can't hold us down. You can't hold us down. That's the theme song for the day in Ukraine. You blew up a big ammo depot. You've taken back 70% of the land that Dr. Evil had taken thus far. You got it back. Things are looking up. They see stupid politicians with their thumbs up their uh, yin-yang that are causing the delay in you winning the war by Christmas. I'm telling you, Putin's had it. He's He has had it. See you tomorrow. This is Nwawa. Well, no, we'll see you Monday. This is Enlightenment Radio, Mystic Guide, your host. Be sure and tune in and keep listening to our 24-7 music. We have other broadcasts live around the globe that teach you enlightenment. Love you.